0: Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, before we get started here, I, um, there's, a, there's a habit that something that I try to do, and those of you who have been in the Lord for a long time, you already know this, but maybe some of you are newer and you say, um, I, I haven't been... Um, I haven't been listening to sermons for a long time, and one of the things that I always try to do is I try to say, God, I want you to speak to me, number one, but I want you to change me. And, and I just, I don't know about you guys, but um, when I come to church, I want to walk away different. Amen? I want to walk away with something that God has deposited in my life that changes the way that I live. And so, would it be okay if we just pray for that real quickly? Come on, let's just open up our hearts. Jesus, we love you. We love you, God. Thank you, oh God, for open heavens. Thank you, Lord, that you care for us. Thank you that you love us. And Lord, thank you that you've given us your word. And God, right now, we just pray that you would speak to us. We pray, oh God, Lord, change our lives. We want to be different. We want to experience the fullness of what you've promised to us. So God, we just open up our hearts to you right now, and we thank you that you will change us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to pull them out and get them ready or turn them on or whatever you might do. Um, we are going to be looking at a passage in Luke, but before I get there, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about something to help set up the the subject that we're going to be addressing today. You know, a lot of times there's these promises that are in the the Bible, and we don't always walk in the fullness of the promises that have been given to us. And um, maybe you've experienced... Uh, some of the things to a certain degree, but there's there's always more in God to be experienced, amen? There's always more to learn, there's always more to grow in, and there's always, if God is infinite, then that means that the blessings and the things that he has for us, there's not a stop to those things. And so today, I wanna look at something that I believe um, it's, it's critical for all of us. And I think that the devil actually... Um, he has made uh, joy one of the things that we're going to be referencing today. He's made joy an optional sort of secondary thing that we can experience as believers. But you know the Bible; it talks differently. Joy is very important to God. In fact, it's a critical part of what God wants us to operate in, and it is a it is a key component of why God saved you. Look at this passage, Romans 14, verse 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and, everybody say it, joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God. This is this is what we are supposed to be as the church. We are, we are part of the kingdom of God. And if salvation, if Jesus died on the cross, this is what he died for. He died so that we could walk in joy. It's one of the main elements of salvation. And I think that, you know, sometimes we think that, well, um, joy is something that is like, you know, growing up, my sister, um, she was one of those people that had an incredibly bubbly personality. Uh, some of you might know her. Uh, if you've ever met her, you won't forget her. Um, but she she was constantly full of joy, always laughing, always, always just best friends with everyone. She would um she she's just, you know, one of those people that's just happy all the time. And sometimes we think, oh, well, that's, that's joy. But that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a personality type. I'm talking about a spirit. And I, I just don't want to be robbed of something that Jesus died on the cross for. I, I want to walk in the fullness of everything that God has for us. So joy is a key component. But today, what we're gonna talk about is we're gonna talk about something that I believe is a thief of joy. And it, it's not what we might ex- expect, it's not hardship. Sometimes we think, well, if we're in difficult circumstances, that's what's gonna take our joy, or it's not, um, it's not even uh, um, relationships, bad relationships that have gone south, it's not that. It's not even, um, it, it's not even, there, there's, There's all these sorts of bad circumstances that can happen in our life, and sometimes we think, well, that's what's going to steal our joy, but that's actually not the case. But there is one thing that the enemy uses, and I think probably the most out of anything to steal our joy, and that is discouragement. Discouragement is something that the enemy tempts us with to walk into, Discouragement happens when we agree with the plan of the enemy. Discouragement is when we give in to what the enemy wants us to think about our life or about the circumstances around us. And maybe you've you've dealt with discouragement before. I have. It's been a a struggle all throughout my life. I've... um, I've I've struggled with discouragement a, a lot in my life, but you know what? Discouragement is something that we don't have to live with. We don't have to live with. So let's read this passage together because I believe that this passage unlocks, it's a key to unlocking discouragement and really destroying discouragement. So let's, let's look at this together. Luke chapter 22, 39 through 46. And as you're turning there, I want to set this up for you. So this is Jesus coming with his disciples, and he's, he's bringing his disciples on the eve of his execution to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and to pray. And if you talk about challenging and difficult circumstances, it doesn't get any harder than this. This is the pinnacle of what you would say challenging, difficult circumstances. And so let's, let's read this and, and, and let's, let's look at what God has opened up to us to destroy discouragement. Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed, more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Let's pray. Jesus I just pray, Lord, right now, I just believe that you want to just lift discouragement. You want to lift depression. Lord, I just believe that there's, there's things that the enemy has spoken over us that you want to just eliminate today, and God, I just pray right now that we would receive your word, and Lord, that you would, would allow the discouragement in our life to be done away with. Lord, circumstances are challenging. There's things that we can weep over. You said in your word that you were a man of sorrows. But God, there was also a joy that was set before you so that you endured the cross. And I pray, oh God, Lord, that we would keep our eyes on what you say is true. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Discouragement is the temptation, Discouragement is really the temptation that the enemy is putting before us. And you know, this passage, it's it's really powerful. And I I remember when I read I read this, there was something that stuck out to me that I hadn't seen before. And, And it's this it's verse 45. It says, When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Exhausted from sorrow. He found them so overwhelmed with the grief that they were experiencing, so overwhelmed with the circumstances that were around them that they actually, they couldn't even stay awake. They fell asleep. And you know, science, we we know uh, that today uh, a lot of people, this is not an abnormal thing. You'll you'll find that when people um, fall into depression, one of the main things that they want to do is they want to just sleep. And the reason for that is because they want to close their eyes and they want the problems to go away. Sleep is one of those things that it puts you in a state where things can keep moving, but you don't have to be involved. But, you know, this is, a, this is something that I that I believe God wants to change, change our perception on. L- let's look at, what, what is discouragement? What do I mean by that? Let's look at the definition here. Discouragement, and this is a definition that I made up. So, it's really good. Um, uh, <laughs> you can look in Webster, and it's gonna be really close. But, discouragement, a state of mind bringing a loss of hope and a focus on circumstances instead of promises. A state of mind bringing a loss of hope and a focus on circumstances instead of promises. You see, discouragement comes when you start looking at the wrong thing and focusing on the things that have no eternal impact. You start focusing on things that are temporal and circumstantial rather than the ultimate promises in eternal things that God has established you to walk in. When you're discouraged, you can't see straight. And you know, it's important to notice here that the reason that I said that it's a state of mind is because discouragement begins in your mind. It's in your head because God, when he died on the cross, he set us free from all of the things that we need to be uh, um, afraid of. He set us free from all of the things that can overtake us. He set us free from all of the things that we should avoid. And you know, when we, when we get into a state of mind, sometimes we can say, man, I'm bummed out with the way that this has panned out in my life. Maybe you're a father here in you're discouraged because you say, "Man, I missed it with this age group and this my child and I, I missed it, and I'm discouraged, and so the temptation is to just kind of want to go to sleep on your family maybe you're uh maybe you're um in a job that you feel like you, you've you missed the opportunities that you were supposed to take, and, and so you're just kind of going through the motions, and you're not, you're not operating in the fullness of what God has for you. He actually has a lot more. But because you're discouraged, because maybe you miss something, or maybe things are not going exactly the way that you plan, you, you lack faith to be able to believe that God actually wants to bless you abundantly. Maybe some of you are, are here and you're discouraged because you look back and you say, man, I've wasted so many years of my life. And I just don't know if, if God can really do anything with, with where I'm at today. And I, I've missed so many years and you can't get years back, right? But, but, you know, the Bible, it says that God restores the years that the locusts have eaten. God made the sun stand still so that he can address problems and so that he can address issues. So if God can do that, then he can change where we are. He can change our circumstances. Maybe discouragement has come on you just because it doesn't, and maybe it doesn't even make sense. You're like, I don't know why I'm discouraged, but this is just something that it comes over me, and and I, I don't know why. It doesn't make sense, which by the way, discouragement, it, it, it never makes sense. It's illogical for the believer because the believer has uh, Shouldn't be, shouldn't have to give in to discouragement, but sometimes we do, and, it, and it's just a feeling that comes upon us. God wants to, He wants to change all that, Amen. But look at what discouragement can do. Discouragement, it leads to inactivity. What happened? The disciples, they went into the garden, and you know, for the longest time, I always thought that this passage. I always got condemned by this passage because I, I fought, has anyone, maybe I'm the only one, has anyone else fell, fallen asleep when you're praying, okay? All right, come on, let's just tell the truth, all right, guys? Let's start this process of recovery. So we, we, <laughs> I, I always used to get real condemned because I'm like, man, I fell asleep, you know? I was praying. I remember in college, there was this, there was this prayer closet that we had. It was actually a mop closet, but because we were Bible school, it was a prayer closet, and uh, I'm just, just kidding. It was a room that that we used, but there was a chair in there, and so sometimes I would go in there to pray, and it's funny because my roommate, (laughs) he said, he would come, and he would knock on the door, and he'd be like, hey, are you in here? And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm in here, yeah, and he's like, dude, are you taking a nap in here? And I'm like, No, I was praying, you know, and I I didn't realize that I actually had a food allergy that made me fall asleep, and so I didn't know why. I was always tired, and uh, so anyways, I always used to say, man, that's what this passage is talking about. It's because they fell asleep, and they were supposed to be praying, but you know, there's something deeper going on here, this is, this is a picture of Of these men who were so overwhelmed by what was going on around them that they said we want to shut off right now we can't really handle the pressure and the burden of the circumstances that we're under right now and right now the thing that I want to do is I kind of want to turn that off and I want to ignore the reality of where we're at I want to ignore the reality that Jesus our leader is gonna be arrested, that he's gonna be betrayed, that he's giving his life over, that he's gonna be killed and crucified. I, I, I don't wanna deal with that, that's too hard. And so they turned things off and they said, you know what, let's just focus on something else. And you know, sleep, I think, uh, in, in the context of what we're talking about, discouragement, it can bring on inactivity in all sorts of ways. Maybe some of you, you say, you know what, when I go home, I turn on the TV because I want to I wanna decompress. And you know, there's nothing, hear me out, there's nothing wrong with you know, watching TV or whatever. That's, uh, that's not what I'm saying. But when we use something to avoid reality, no matter what it is, whether it's TV, whether it's a, a substance, whether it's, whether it's a, even if it's a hobby and we're using it to avoid reality in our life, we're missing out on what God really wants to do. Because sometimes you can be discouraged and you could say man I, I'm I've lost hope for this situation you see discouragement is really it's losing hope in the victory of God. Jesus we know was being crucified and he was going to the resurrection but they couldn't see that far and so the only thing that they could that they could really grasp onto was that Jesus was about to die, that their leader was about to be handed over. But God, he has promises for us that go beyond what we can see. And the Bible says that in the end, God wins. All of our problems, all of our pain, all of the things that are hindrances to us now, the thorns in our flesh, the the enemies that, that fight us day after day, mindsets and all sorts of different things, those things will bow. When Jesus comes, the Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. That's a reality. That's a reality that we currently today live in you know I um, I remember uh, I was uh, I was in Bosnia um, years ago and I was I was there doing an internship out of college uh, working on the mission field and I, I was um, for those of you who don't know Bosnia is just a, a very dark place uh, it's it's a it's a, a Muslim country by by name, uh, very secular, but uh, it it's a dark place full of r- r- deep bitterness and hatred. And um, I remember driving across the border into Bosnia and actually being able to feel the f- oppression. It was it was tangible. It's the only time that that's happened. I was I was driving across from Croatia into Bosnia, and I just remember to be able to feel the oppression that was coming down. And and so as I walked, as as I was doing ministry, and I was kind of going through the the, the the motion, so to speak, of of being a missionary there. One day, I, it was after all of these circumstances, one of the missionaries had backslid, and just it was getting crazy, and it was a dark place. The church was ineffective, and it was just, it was really hard. And and I remember walking back to my apartment after, after working that day, and I remember walking back, and just, it was as if I had woken up from a bad dream. And I said, what am I doing? What's happening here? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And it was like the Lord all of a sudden he woke me up from a slumber and he said, that's not why I sent you here. And I, it was as if I woke up and it was like the Lord says, no, the, the things that you're looking at right now, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You know, God has called us into situations that are very broken. All of us. Every single one of us is in a situation currently, today, right now, that is broken, that has the fall all over it. It's got sin, it's, it's messed up, it's, it's confusing, it's dirty, it's complicated. All of us are in those situations. And as a believer, the reason that you have been sent into that situation is because God has placed a solution inside of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. discouragement will have you focus on the problems around you and not the solution inside of you. And so I remember I woke up, I went back to my apartment, and I'll never forget, I went back to my apartment, I got on my knees and I said, God, if you're the same God that's in the Bible, then here in this dark place that is so broken, you can come and you can do something. And my perspective In a moment was changed. And the rest of the trip was totally different. But was it, did the circumstances change? No. In fact, they maybe even got worse. But it didn't matter because the perspective of the believer in the situation switched. And so the power of God was enabled. You see, the the reason that the devil wants to discourage you and to make you inactive is because he wants to put your mission on pause. He wants to put your purpose to sleep. He wants to put the solutions that are inside of you, the things that God has placed inside of you to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring hope. The devil does not want that to get out of you, and so he tries to cover it up inside of you, and he tries to get you to focus on the circumstances around you instead of what God wants to do in that situation. But we as believers, we can't allow ourselves to go to sleep on the problems that are facing us, because joy is not about saying, well, let me just forget about all the problems, let me push those in a closet, and let me not really worry about that, and I'm just going to focus, you know, positive thinking, positive thinking, you know. That's the world. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to say, I mean, there's nothing wrong with positive thinking. I actually really encourage that, but what I'm saying is, when you see a problem, you don't pretend that it's not there. You acknowledge that that problem is not bigger than what God has in store. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> discouragement leads to inactivity, and if you don't if you if you allow discouragement to take over, then you'll never see the fulfillment of God's plan in your life. You need to be able to experience the fullness of what God has for you. How many of you want the fullness of what God has for your life? Praise the Lord. At least 50%. (laughs) It's all right. The sermon's not over yet. I'm going to ask one of the, the keyboard players to come. I want us to pray here in a minute. Listen, for every temptation, God gives a way to overcome it. Every single one. The Bible says there is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful and will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able. And with the temptation will also make a way of escape. And you know what? Maybe you're here today and you struggle with discouragement. You say, man, I just, for some reason, it's easy for me to slip into discouragement. It's easy for me to get down. It's easy for me to beat myself up or it's easy for me to to fall into that. That's okay. God can get us out. There's hope. There's, There's life. Listen, Jesus gave the solution right here in the middle of this passage. And I love this. Because Jesus came and he sandwiched this passage with two commands. In verse 39, uh, excuse me, verse 40, he says, on reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Then at the end of the passage, he said, why are you sleeping? Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. You know what I love about this? Oh, man, God is good. You know what I love about this? In the beginning of the passage, Jesus already told them. He said, hey, don't fall asleep. Pray so that you won't fall into temptation. What did the disciples do? They fell asleep. They fell asleep. And so Jesus comes back. And he says, hey, why are you sleeping? Now, he knew why they were sleeping, but he wanted them to think about it. So he says, come on, get up, pray that you won't fall into temptation. And you know what that tells me? They already fell into temptation. But God says, just because you did it, just because you fell into temptation just now doesn't mean that you have to stay. You don't have to, if you give into discouragement once, it doesn't mean that you're depressed for the rest of your life. If you struggle with depression, you might even be on depression medication. And I'm not, there's no, I'm not, uh, you know, medication is a good thing. That's fine. That's not a problem. But I'm just saying God has something in store for all of us that he says, I want to take you to a new place. You might be struggling with something and you say, well, this is just, you know, this is something that, that can't be overcome. But the Bible says, man, by his stripes, we are made whole. We are healed. Hallelujah. Maybe you even have a chemical imbalance and that's a real thing and I'm not dis- dismissing that. But God can get our chemicals in order, amen? God can do anything. There's nothing impossible. Discouragement has to bow its knee to Jesus. So what's the, prayer? What's the weapon? The weapon is Prayer. Have you ever had a conversation with someone, and after you had the conversation, you just walked away, and you're like, oh, I needed that. Anybody ever been there before, right? I know that sometimes, sometimes I could be, I could have a, just a challenging day, a really rough day, and be like, man, that was such a battle today. And I, and I look forward to going home and being able to talk to my wife. And being able to say, man, this is what happened today. And my wife is so good about this. Every time I come home, she's like, hey, how was your day? She always asks me that. And I and I look forward to that question because I know I'm going to be able to talk to my wife. And once I'm able to talk to my wife, there's something about it. It's like she's able to just turn things around. She's able to say, you know, oh, Eeyore, you know, don't, don't be so sad. Come on. <laughs> you know. And that might or n- might not have actually happened, okay? She says... You know, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. And sometimes you need, to, you need to have a conversation with someone where they just say, give me that. Come on, give me that. You're, you're carrying that in a way that you, you can't. You can't carry that. When you pray, you come to God and you just say, God... Just take it. Whatever you're going through, it doesn't matter. Maybe, it's a, maybe it's, a, it's a relationship. Maybe it's something at work that's just causing you to just think so much. Maybe it's a, a, a boss that's really challenging to work with, and you just you just feel so oppressed. And, and, and maybe it's just, you know, the home that you live in is just incredibly dark. Whatever it is, sometimes you just need to come to God, and you need to say, God, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. And then he'll say, okay, just look at me. Look at me. Look at what Jesus did. He said, he said this. He said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. He didn't ignore the fact that he's like, God, I really don't want to go to a cross right now. He acknowledged reality. He said, God, please, would you take this away from me? Then he said, but not my will. Yours be done. You see, prayer surrenders our flesh to the plan of God. Prayer surrenders our flesh to the the plan of God. Your will be done, God. It's not about what I want. It's not about what we need. Excuse me, it's not about what we want. It's not about the things that are going on in our life. It's about saying, God, when I come to you and I just surrender things to you, you might change my circumstances. You might not. But you can change me. The Bible says that the next thing that happened was angels came and they strengthened, they strengthened him. You know, Jesus was in this place where there was something really powerful about what was going on because Jesus was at a deep place of surrender and he just laid everything down and he said, God, you just take all of it, take all of it. Look at this, look at this verse. I believe that this was going through the heart and the mind of Jesus, you see, because Jesus was not giving in to discouragement, he was fighting it. Listen, Hebrews 12.2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he said, God... I know that this circumstance right now is not the most enjoyable, but I see it. I see it, God, and you're going to do it. And so for the joy set before him, he says, God, I'm going to go through whatever you've placed me in right now. I'm going to walk through it with faith to say, you know what, God, God, It's not always going to be like this. And I look forward to the day when I can see you face to face and these things are gone. And maybe it's not even in heaven. Maybe it's even on this earth that God wants to deliver you. But sometimes we have to surrender. You know, the only way to beat the flesh is to surrender it. That's the only way. You can't work yourself up. You can't say, well, I'm just going to work harder. I'm going to try harder. The only way to beat the flesh is just to say, God, you have to do it in me. Psalm 126, verse 6 says, Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Jesus, he says, I'm going, I'm going to face these issues, I'm going to face these problems, I'm not going to let them discourage me, I'm going to carry that seed with me, I'm going to do the will of God, I'm going to push through, and I know that joy is on the other end of this thing, and so I'm going to walk through with faith. Finally, and then we're going to pray, prayer strengthens our spirit in the joy of God. Look at this, Nehemiah 8.10. I want to read this verse to you. It says, go and celebrate with a rich, excuse me, with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, sometimes there's problems that, that can't be overcome unless you are in a place of joy. You know, there's certain problems that you just can't do like this. You know why? Because you're going to miss it. I remember I, I used to, um, when I was a kid, I used to play basketball. And uh, I remember on the court, one of the things that my dad was always screaming from the sidelines, he's like, don't put your head down. Because I'd miss a shot, you know, air ball. Oh. The minute that I went like this, something else happened. The other team got the rebound or whatever. And you know, when you're when you're in life, there are certain things that you just can't afford to be, you know, Debbie Downer. It's like if you want to win in certain situations, you just have to say, oh, that's okay. We're going to keep moving on this one. You can't get me down because I know the end. I know the end on this. And you know, when we're operating in joy, there's a strength that we have. Because joy is something that the enemy can't easily overturn. Joy is something, it's like an anchor for our souls. Joy, it's not the absence of problems. It's the awareness of the presence of God. Joy, like I said before, it's not just always feeling happy. Joy is something that's deep. Joy is something that is hope-filled. It's something that says, no matter what, I'm not going to lose faith. I always know God never stops being good. I don't have to be discouraged. I don't have to give in to fear. I don't have to give in to, uh, to all of these things that could, that could get me down. I don't have to do that. So this is what I want us to do. I believe that today God wants to lift discouragement off of your life. Some of you have been, you've been looking at the wrong things and you haven't been taking into the fact that the only thing that you really need to do is just go to God and pray. Some of you are overwhelmed by circumstances right now, even as we speak, and you've even had a hard time listening to this sermon because there's something swirling. Stop. We're going to pray. We're going to give that over to God. We're going to say, God, you said the joy of the Lord is our strength. Jesus, while he was still on the earth, he went into a synagogue, and this was a declaration that he made. I want to read this to you. It's super powerful, and then we're going to pray this. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. This is a passage speaking about Jesus. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. Today, I believe that God, he wants to put that verse back up. I'm sorry, put that verse back up. Today, this is a promise for us. If we could, there it is. This is what God wants to do. He wants to provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That's a promise for you. It's from God's word. If you're in this room today, and you say, you know what? I'm struggling with discouragement. Maybe you have even been clinically diagnosed with depression, and you say, this is not, this is not what I want for my life. This is not something that I have to deal with anymore. God wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free today. If you're discouraged in this place, if you've been overwhelmed with thoughts and you say, you know what, this is something that's serious and maybe it's not as serious as a clinical depression. Maybe you say, you know what, I've just been... I've just been overwhelmed with this situation that's going on in my life, and I haven't been looking at the perspective of God, and I haven't really prayed this one through. If that's you today, and you're struggling with discouragement, there might be a few of us, maybe there's more of us, but I want to give an opportunity for you to respond, and we're going to pray for you specifically. We're going to have a time for all of us to pray, but if you specifically, you say, you know what? I've really been discouraged. This has been a season of discouragement. Can I ask you to do something? Just lift up your hand right where you're at. Hallelujah. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. If you raise your hand, just slip out and come to the altar. Just come on out, hurry, let's move quickly. We wanna pray, we wanna believe that God is going to just lift that discouragement off. He's gonna remove the scorn of the enemy, the shame of the past. Come on, come quickly, come quickly. Let's fill the entire altar here. This is what we're gonna do. For those of you who are not at the altar, come on down so we can fill in this space here. Thank you. For those of you who are not at the altar right now, I want us to reach out our hands towards them. And we're going to pray deliverance. We're going to pray joy over them. We're gonna pray for perspective from heaven. We're gonna pray release. We're gonna pray healing. There's certain things in the room, people are depressed because they can't get memories out of their mind from things that happened to them even when they were a little child. We're gonna pray, God, deliver and set free. Come on, reach out, come on, let's pray. Pray right now, if you're a leader, I want you to come behind them and to pray for them. I want you to reach out. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, begin to pray. Say, God, lift the discouragement. Lift the discouragement, oh God. Hallelujah. Give them a garment of... Pray. Oh, God.
1: here. We're going to pray and we're going to worship in a moment. But as Pastor Dave was speaking, I felt a distinct impression from the Lord that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Some of us, not all of us, but there might be a few here today. Maybe you're still in in the seats. Maybe you're at the altar. Maybe you're listening to this message online, but you're hearing with your mind, but you're not hearing with your heart. Because you could say, I believe that joy is for me, but there is a mountain of unbelief in your spirit. And I believe that even before some of you are going to experience joy and the despair lifted, you might have to confess your unbelief to the Lord and say, Jesus, forgive me for my unbelief. And even the struggle that you've been facing as this message has been going on is you might start thinking that God plays favorites, that this is not for you. That is unbelief. Sometimes even Christians can spiritualize unbelief. And so with all eyes closed, I wonder if there's anyone here, and that is you. As as the Lord stirred my heart, that was the word for you. Might only be one person, And you're praying for joy but you but there is actually a mountain in front of you of unbelief and you want to surrender that unbelief to the lord just lift your hand in the presence of the lord no one's looking around there's the spirit of unbelief thank you is there anyone else thank you there's a spirit of unbelief you say i need god to like the like that that father whose daughter was sick he said i believe but god help my unbelief father in the name of jesus you see these hands lifted And Father, we thank you that you're the God that sticks closer than a brother. You're not a God that condemns, but you are a God of life and you are a God of release. And in the name of Jesus, we pray that those mountains of unbelief would be cast into the sea in the name of Jesus. Some of these mountains have become strongholds, maybe passed down from generation to generation. God, we pray today that you would break that cycle of unbelief in Jesus' name father maybe there's a head of household here whose children oh god and whose families have been held back from joy because they don't believe it's for their house god we thank you for the promise of god is for us and for our households in jesus name so god we surrender and my brothers and sisters here and maybe those listening online are surrendering unbelief to you and we declare that the word of the lord is for yes and amen it is yes and amen it is yes and amen in the name of jesus hallelujah hallelujah we'll take the hand of the person next to you we're going to join hands across the sanctuary join hands at the altar and as we've been praying individually now begin to pray as Pastor Dave brought the word of the Lord pray oh God the oil of joy begin to pray for the oil of joy to the left and to the right that our, that our families, that our households would not be places of despair and discouragement but would be places full of the joy of the Lord pray to the person that's a neighbor pray for the oil of joy to be upon their life to the left and to the right God Unbelief has been moved. Now, God, would you fill with joy? And would you fill with strength in the name of Jesus? We thank you for joy today. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you to the left and thank you to the right for lifting the spirit of heaviness, for lifting the spirit of despair. God, we thank you for pouring out the spirit of joy upon all of our hearts. Father, we know that it cannot come from us; it cannot come from any man or from any person, but it can come from the throne. and sisters, oh God, family members, God, full of joy and full of strength in the name of Jesus. We thank you today. As you prayed, oh God, would you deliver us from temptation? Lord, we may be tempted to be discouraged and times may come. Father, maybe some of us here have allowed days weeks to go by being discouraged we pray from this point forward that discouragement would only be a matter of minutes and that you would lift it up our hearts in the name of jesus quicken our hearts quicken our spirits to pray and to believe and to trust that you are the god who gives the oil of joy we thank you and we bless you and we praise you today in the name of jesus And all God's people said, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and praise the Lord today. The oil of joy.